Hey, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. This is the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. My name is Scott. We're talking about the Jaguars draft. It is completed now. I guess we needed to give everybody a Duval, right? Duval. Okay, let's take a look at the draft. I mean, a lot of people are saying, where do you rate this draft? And that's a good question. But when you've got Trevor Lawrence as a number one pick, it's kind of hard to say, hey, it was a bad draft. And I'm not going to say that or anything close to that. I'm going to give the Jags about a B plus. Um, you know, ev in every draft, there's going to be a couple of players that maybe you went to early on because you believe in them. You believe in them and you wanted them. And you feel like they're going to be good NFL players. And I think that happens with everything. So Trevor Lawrence is picked number one, number one overall, quarterback out of Clemson. Number two, uh, Travis um, Etienne, running back out of Clemson. Both really, really good picks, especially the Trevor pick. Um, will Travis Etienne be a third down back? Uh, will he play more downs? I mean, he's a first-round pick. There was a story that kind of materialized that said the Jags were really – you know, interested in getting the player that the Giants grabbed at number 20. And, you know, we're talking about uh, Cordarius Tony went to the Giants, I believe, with pick 20. And I think Urban Meyer and some of the Jaguar scouts said, hey, that kind of broke our heart. We were kind of hoping maybe to be in on Cordarius Tony. And Cordarius Tony is kind of what a slot receiver, a guy that actually you know, has played some quarterback, I think going back probably in his high school days, junior high days. Um, he's one of those guys that can, you know, play the wildcat, maybe a player to a game in the NFL like he did in college. Um, he's kind of a flanker, slot receiver, a guy you want to put the, the ball in his hands. But the Giants drafted Kadarius Tony with the 20th pick. So the Jaguars then had the 25th pick. And they did grab Trevor Lawrence's uh, Clemson teammate running back, Travis Etienne, which might be considered, he's not exactly the, the same type of player because he's more of a straight-up running back. But he's a, he's a third-down guy, that uh, an explosive uh, player that can catch the ball out of the backfield is what they're banking on. And he may play third downs, but... I'm sure we're going to see him on first and second down, too, being a first-round draft pick. You may see him at any time. So uh, Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson, uh, went in the well, went in the first round with the second first-round pick the Jaguars had. Uh, that was uh, a pick still coming from the Jalen Ramsey trade a couple of years ago. That pick came from the Rams, actually, at number 25. So Travis Etienne, a running back from Clemson, uh, now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The pick that was maybe the maybe the head scratcher of the draft, even though he's a very talented guy, very fast track guy, lots of speed, uh, Tyson Campbell. A lot of people thought that, you know, maybe the Jags were, were in too early on Tyson Campbell. I mean, I heard... I heard a guy on sports radio. He said, man, I don't, I don't see Campbell's name in the next 20 or 25 picks anywhere. I believe that's, that's uh, what the sports radio guy said. So it's kind of a case like 
Tyson Campbell's that five-star player that Urban couldn't sign when he was in college. So now he gets him by just turning in the card, right? Uh, and what I'm trying to say is Urban Meyer apparently believes in the player, Tyson Campbell. So it was kind of like, okay, if we don't pick Tyson Campbell now, um, will we have another shot at him? So apparently he believed in this player, believed in him so much, picked him at the top of the second round. He was the uh, third player the Jaguars drafted, cornerback Tyson Campbell. Now, when you talk about player availability, of course the Jaguars were big in free agency with uh, uh, Shaquille Griffith uh, from Seattle, and uh, Griffin uh, signed a, gosh, he signed a, like an over $40 million contract to play cornerback with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so, you know, he's a a player when he played with Seattle, you know, really developed into a, a, you know, a tremendous uh, player. So the Jaguars got him in free agency, but they also drafted C.J. Henderson out of Florida last year. C.J. did have some injury problems off and on. CJ played well early in the season, then the injuries may have, you know, may have uh, uh, hit him, you know, may, may have actually uh, hit him, um, uh, you know, somewhere in the early to mid part of the season, and then later in the season. It's a long season, the NFL, and now it's even longer now that the regular season is going from 16 games to 17 games. So the Jaguars did uh, sign Shaquille, uh, Shaquille Griffin. Uh, Shaquille Griffin um, agreed to a three-year, and it's actually an over $44 million contract, about $44.5 million. So the Jaguars have Shaquille Griffin, a cornerback. They've got C.J. Henderson, a first-round selected cornerback from, from last year in 2020 in the 2020 draft. And now they have drafted another cornerback, cornerback Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. So this gives the Jaguars, I mean, Three heavy-duty, high-profile cornerbacks, Shaquille Griffin, C.J. Henderson, and now Tyson Campbell. I mean, when you pick a guy at the top of the second round, that's pretty close to a first-round pick. Tyson Campbell was a 33rd pick overall out of Georgia. And, heck, we might have to talk to our Georgia Bulldog football insider and see what he thinks about Tyson Campbell as a cornerback with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But it looks like the Jaguars do now have three pretty good cornerbacks in the stable. They got some safeties. We'll talk more about the safety they drafted. Uh, the Jaguars also drafted uh, Walker Little, an offensive tackle out of Stanford. Um, six foot seven, 313-pound offensive tackle. He moves pretty good. I watched the highlight reel. He looks pretty good in the highlight reel, like he can move around. I think he's had some injuries, too. The highlight reel I saw was a, a highlight reel from a couple of years ago. Uh, when Stanford played at Notre Dame. So Walker Little is a, you know, a guy, an offensive tackle, second round uh, pick. And when you think about the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they've got Cam Robinson, who they did franchise tag. He was also a second round guy. And then on the other side, you got the right tackle out of Florida that, of course, um, you know, was drafted the year before. And, um, you know, he, he's a player that's played well at times, but also there was some disappointing, um, you know, parts to the Jaguars' right tackle, Jawan Taylor. I mean, Jawan Taylor started uh, – Jawan Taylor has started 
32. Uh, has started apparently 32 games at right tackle for the Jaguars since being drafted in 2019. But, you know, there's some that say he may have taken a step back in, in 2020. That's why you draft another tackle. Walk it a little. Whether he plays left tackle or they move him to right tackle, I mean, that gives you three offensive tackles. Juwan Taylor, who was a second-round pick. Uh, you also have Cam Robinson. He was a, uh, a high second-round pick. And now you got uh, Tyson Campbell. Well, I, I'm sorry. Tyson Campbell's a cornerback, but we're talking about offensive tackles. Now, Walter – I'm sorry, Walker Little, an offensive tackle. Also, Juwan Taylor – and Cam Robinson, that gives you three offensive tackles. Very similar to quarterback. I almost went back and started talking about quarterbacks again. So the Jags are have got a little depth at quarterback with three guys and high draft picks and, or big money guys, uh, you know, in, of course, uh, Sha- Shaquille Griffith. So when you look at it, I mean, they got three quarterbacks. They got three offensive tackles with two positions. Same thing with cornerback. Injuries come into play, uh, rotating players in and out some. You know, at cornerback, I'm, I'm not sure how much you're going to rotate guys out. You do go to nickel and, and dime packages, though. And maybe, maybe of course, cornerback takes, uh, Tyson uh, Campbell can be one of those universal guys where he can maybe play the, the nickel position there's the Jaguars have other guys that may be able to do that that well so maybe it's good to have the competition in camp at cornerback and now of course an offensive tackle with Juwan Taylor the right tackle uh Cam Robinson the left tackle and now you've drafted Walker Little who typically is an offensive tackle played uh, I believe left tackle at Stanford he's a big guy too about six foot seven 313 pounds so that was the fourth player drafted by the Jaguars he was drafted um actually 45th overall, and he was in the second round. He was the second second round pick for the Jaguars, the fourth player taken overall. The uh, fifth player taken for the Jaguars atop the third round, and this was still on day two of the draft on Friday night. Jaguars got Andre Sisco, a pure safety out of Syracuse at 6'1", 216 pounds, make play, he makes plays and creates turnovers, kind of a ball-hawking guy. So Urban Meyer, you know, likes that type of player, and I'm assuming the defensive uh, uh, coordinator does too. So, so there you go. So they're bringing in some players. I mean, when you draft, the Jaguars ended up with, I believe, nine players in the draft. When you, when you end up with nine players, nine new players, the majority of them are going to play. And um, some of the ones that don't play on offense or defense may be special teamers. So the Jaguars drafted Andre Sisco, safety out of Syracuse, with their fifth pick of the draft. He was actually the uh, top of the third round, and that would have been the second night of the draft on, on Friday night on April the 30th. So Andre Sisco, safety out of Syracuse, the fifth player taken in the draft by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a third-round uh, pick. Um, he was the first pick overall in the third round. And, of course, um, you know, Andre Sisco, straight, you know, straight-up safety. I mean, that's, um, you know, you take a look at – let's take a look at Sisco. I mean, Sisco basically – 
I mean, that's a high pick. I mean, that's a top of the third round guy. So, uh, Cisco, you know, he was a 65th pick overall. That's what I was looking for. He was a 65th pick overall. Andrew Cisco, Andre, I'm sorry, <laughs> Andre Cisco, the 65th pick overall, safety out of Syracuse. And Cisco goes at about six foot one, two hundred and sixty sixteen pounds. Six one, two hundred and sixteen pounds. So a decent size uh, uh, safety, if you will. So you got Andre Cisco in the fold, and then we went to day three, which started up the fourth round. I like the pick atop the fourth round. And it this pick has been scrutinized some too. I mean, it's amazing that. You know, some of these some of these folks, talking heads and and writers, uh, they can they can find many, many ways to scrutinize players, whether a player gets uh, can get moved out of the way by an opponent from time to time or whatever the case may be. If a guy, you know, tends to not have that motor going on every play. But I like this pick. This is uh, Jay Tufello. And I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Jay Tufillo, defensive tackle out of USC. The last name is spelled T-U-F-E-L-E. Jay Tufello, defensive tackle out of USC, six foot two, three hundred and five pounds, uh, top of the fourth round guy. And uh, I like to pick. I like to pick because the Jags needed a defensive tackle. Maybe that is the right spot in the draft for it. Top the fourth round. Uh, the Jags also had a pick later in the fourth round, and they got edge rusher Jordan Smith out of UAB. I watched a little bit of his tape. He moves pretty good, and he's he's a player that is kind of long, and he's kind of getting used to his length. And so I believe he's a player that's going to put on you know more weight and bulk, you know, as time goes on as a potential pass rusher playing an edge position. But uh, Jordan Smith was part of the fourth round. And he's an edge rusher at a UAB smaller college at Alabama, Birmingham. Then in round five, top of the fifth round, Urban Meyer got, I don't know, he got sentimental. But, I mean, this is a good player, a professional polished player at Ohio State, but a guy he recruited and coached in, in uh, Luke Farrell, who certainly will know Urban Meyer's offense, a tight end out of Ohio State. The Jags finally drafting a tight end in the top of the fifth round. Luke Farrell, tight end out of Ohio State. This pick has been scrutinized too. Luke Farrell, especially Luke Farrell, and uh, probably the the fact that Tyson Campbell went earlier than than most people thought. And so some of this, and I'm looking at it too. I'm you know I'm looking at it optimistically. You know, you take a look at, uh, you, you know, these players, man, you, it's hard to judge the heart of a player sometimes, but I think Urban Meyer believes in Tyson Campbell, and I think he most certainly believes in uh, Luke Farrell that was a tight end at Ohio State. Now he's drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the top part of round five. Round six, I think the Jags may have got a little bit of a project in wide receiver Jalen Camp, wide receiver out of Georgia Tech, maybe a project. A uh, good size guy, 6'2", 226 pounds. Uh, Jalen Camp, wide receiver out of Georgia Tech. And I believe that is it. Um, looking over the Jaguars draft picks that they uh, did receive, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, 
Tyson uh, Campbell, Walker Little, Andre Sisko out of Syracuse, Jay Tefello, Tefello, or Tufalo. What stuff to say his name? I'm going to get a correct pronunciation of him. Jay uh, Tufello, uh, T-U-F-E-L-E. Defensive tackle Jay Tufello out of uh, USC, the 106 pick overall in the draft. Edge rusher Jordan Smith that we talked about from UAB, the 121st. Uh, pick in the draft overall, Luke Farrell was 100, 145th overall. Let me, let me back up on that. Tight end Luke Farrell, 145th pick overall in the NFL draft in 2021. He was also um, near the, the top of the fifth round. Uh, Six-round pick, we talked about wide receiver Jalen Camp, a bit of a project, six foot two, 226 pounds. So, so when we talk about the Jaguars draft, I'm counting up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players in the draft in the Jacksonville Jaguars 2021 draft class. I'm going to give them a B plus. I mean, you, you can't really go much lower than B plus when you got Trevor Lawrence and even Travis Etienne in the draft. Uh, I think Walker Little's a good pick. The Jags could have gone somewhere else where they, when they selected Tyson Campbell, but they went for some depth at cornerback. And apparently, the, the way I look at it, drafting a guy earlier than expected means the, the head coach and the, and the GM or both guys are, are on the same page believing in Tyson Campbell. So that's kind of where we're at. He went to Georgia. We're going to find out more from Tyson Campbell about Tyson Campbell from our Georgia Bulldog football insider, uh, Mad Max. And, of course, yours truly, I'm Scott. I kind of give you a lifetime of Florida Gator football, but Mad Max is a Georgia Bulldog football insider. We got JC, one of our producers on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, who is really an expert on the SEC West, particularly – uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and he's out there in Auburn country too. So, you know, we cover the Southeastern Conference during the football season, you know, pretty well here with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're listened to in as many as 32 states. In fact, we are listened to in as many as 32 states, uh, internationally and worldwide, Northern, I- Northern Ireland, uh, the UK, Andy uh, Powers, hello to you in the UK, Newport, Wales area. I think Andy just moved uh, a couple of days ago. He may be without the internet right now, but he can go back and catch up on the episode. So we want to say hello to Andy Powers. Shout out to uh, Andy Powers. I want to say again, hello to Mad Max, uh, JC, our producer. Uh, he's, he also lives in uh, South Alabama, JC does. And, of course, our podcast originates here in uh, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Another one of our producers, Alex uh, Nunry, uh, lives right here in Northeast Florida as well. And, again, we're sponsored by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm, simplest, uh, sim- absolutely the simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with wonderful creation tools and a lot of improvements and enhancements and improve features with anchor.fm so again anchor.fm uh sponsor of the teal shirt report podcast Thank you.
Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're listening to in as many as 32 states across the United States. We're international. Listen to in the UK. A lot of listeners in Northern Ireland, Canada, Montreal, Quebec area, all over the place. Um, Hong Kong. Hey, guys. And, of course, we've got listeners in Puerto Rico, France, uh, the UK, Andy Powers in the um, the Newport, Wales area. I think Andy's moving, though. So he's not moving that far away. He's still going to be in the UK in the uh, Wales area, from what I understand. So we'll get more on the Andy Powers move here soon. Uh, he also runs the um, the Milton Facebook group, Milton, um, what is it, Milton uh, Wildlife uh, Project. It's the uh, Milton Garden Club and Wildlife Project with uh, Andy Powers and his group. So and I'll be talking to Andy more about that. Hope hope he's able to keep all that intact in, in with moving and everything. So shout out to Andy Powers, uh, one of our interna- international listeners uh, over in the UK, Wales area, uh, Newport, Wales. Again, a lot of listeners in Northern Ireland. And again, as far as the United States goes, um, most of our listeners are in North Florida, as well as other parts of the state of Florida, Central Florida, the Panhandle, South Florida, a lot of listeners in the state of Florida to the Teal Shirt uh, Report podcast. So thank you for tuning in. I want to thank our sponsors again, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Uh, Saucerility uh, for your real estate needs in North Florida, uh, whether it's home, residential, commercial, or business real estate needs. Talk to Larry Saucer. Uh, for your real estate needs, you can go to bigjreport.com and scroll down about halfway through the homepage, find the uh, 24-7 North Florida weather report, and you'll find a link about halfway halfway down the weather report, somewhere in the middle of the weather report, you'll find the link to Saucerility. Also, lakeufallahits.com, where, hey, it's all good. Lakeufallahits.com, they got Rock Saturdays. Um, also, uh, hits 2000s, Monday through Friday evenings, and, and the rest of the day. Otherwise, great recognizable hits. LakeUfallHits.com. That's LakeUfallHits.com, where it's it's all good. Great internet radio. So we want to thank our sponsors, uh, Anchor.fm, Saucerility, LakeUfallHits.com. And, of course, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. A great story that's uh, really been developing, you know, over the the past month or so, the past two, three, four weeks, have been the has been the Jacksonville Iceman. As we take a look at North Florida entertainment and other area sports, the Jacksonville Iceman are probably playing their their hottest and best hockey that they played in the four years now that they've been in Jacksonville. This is their fourth year. Um, you know, COVID last year kind of shortened the season. Um, this year, there have been postponements, games canceled, and the season actually will be stretching out a little longer uh, this year, as I understand it. But the Icemen are red hot. They've won like nine out of their last 10 games. There's not been a lot of, uh, you know, games canceled or postponed to COVID. There's been, you know, been a handful here and there. I know there's some teams that opted out. Uh, before this season started, but the the Jacksonville Icemen have won nine out of their last ten games, including 
a sweep of the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. They beat the Greenville Swamp Rabbits eight to one, and then also beat them uh, this this weekend. Uh, the Jacksonville Iceman four, the uh, Greenville Swamp Rabbits three. The Iceman came from behind to win that four to three game over the weekend. So the Iceman are hot. Uh, Bob Arablo, one of the guys that uh, runs the uh, the Iceman as part of management, and uh, he's a friend of mine on Facebook as well. Bob Arablo, boy, it's an exciting time for the Jacksonville Iceman. This is this is really the the hottest they have been in the inception of the Iceman, which goes back to about four years ago. So the Jacksonville Iceman. Um, at least as, as we record this, have won at least nine out of their last ten games playing red-hot hockey. Hey, the Iceman, they're, apparently they're not going to melt. They won nine out of ten. Great hockey for the Jacksonville Iceman. And uh, they won nine out of their last ten games. They uh, swept the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. During this nice nine out of ten game stretch, which they won nine out of ten games, uh, they've also beaten uh, perhaps one of the most successful franchises in the East Coast Hockey League. They beat the Florida Everblades. They've knocked them off, of, you know, two or three times during this stretch. Um, again, they beat the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. They've taken down the Orlando Solar Bears a time or two, I believe. So the Iceman, you know, extremely hot out there. Now, I will tell you that Southern Steam Football, Man, it was exciting out there, game one. And, you know, the steam early in the season, they're still waiting for some of their other players to come back from some of the outdoor leagues, which a lot of the outdoor semi-pro leagues are in their playoffs. So, actually, the Southern Steam, gets, they get some of those players that come from other teams um, as the Southern Steam season gets underway. The difficult thing for the Southern Steam, I think they only had nine or ten players um, at the um, uh, Ice and Sports Complex uh, for the game on Saturday night, May the 1st. So everybody had to go both ways. Players had to go both ways. There were some winded players. Uh, J.R. Hughes, linebacker for the Southern Steam, played extremely well, but he was spent. I mean, he, uh, man, he, he, he left it all on the field. J.R. Hughes, also Dominic Parks to name a couple of guys that just went all out. I know that um, I know that uh, some of the other players uh, played really, really hard, too. Uh, Courtney Ballhawk-Reese uh, played quarterback. You know, he had worked out the week before playing quarterback. He's a left-hander. I didn't know he was left-hander because normally, you know, he plays other positions, but he, he, he actually played quarterback in this game. Um, uh, Courtney Ballhawk-Reese told me that I asked him, I said, who called those first couple of plays, those running plays, to kind of fill out the Jacksonville Spartans? He said he did. And I said, well, you probably did that to kind of help fill out that team because they've never placed, they've never played, to my knowledge, they've never played the Jacksonville uh, uh, Spartans before, a team that uh, was actually a replacement team, the uh, Palm Beach team. Uh, was unable to make it to this game. The Palm Beach, uh, the Palm Beach Phantoms were the team that was originally on the schedule, but when they were unable to to make that or keep that first date of the uh, regular season for the EIF, 
Uh, they got a replacement team, the Jacksonville Spartans, and the Jacksonville Spartans brought at least, I think, a roster of 20 players or more. So there was a little bit of a depth issue, and the Spartans played hard. I mean, I met some of those guys. They're, they're nice guys. Uh, some of the players, I believe they play their games over in Hilliard now. They're basically an outdoor team, but this was their experience of playing indoor football. And the Southern Steam took them down, the Southern Steam 46, the Jacksonville Spartans 22. J.R. Hughes played hard in the game. What J.R. Hughes played linebacker on defense, and I think he was playing, what, some running back on, uh, on offense. He had guys going both ways, Dominic Parks. Would you know went both ways and and um, I tell you they 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 played hard they won the game it was the Southern Steam forty six the Jacksonville Spartans twenty two and we're going to talk uh, more about the Southern Steam coming right up. <laughs> Hey, you're uh, tuned in to the Tilshirt Report uh, podcast. Going to talk a little bit more about the Southern Steam. The Southern Steam uh, won that game 46 to 22. The Southern Steam 46, the Jacksonville Spartans 22. The Spartans came from the outdoor, uh, uh, from playing outdoor football to playing indoor football. It was their first opportunity to play indoor football. They came with a bigger roster than the Southern Steam in this particular game. They were excited and uh, had a big roster and had a little bit more depth, of course, but the Southern Steam prevailed, had a lot of guys going both ways like uh, J.R. Hughes, uh, Courtney Ballhawk, Reese. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, J.R. Hughes and uh, Dominique Parks after this game, man, they were spent, man. They, uh, they played hard. They left it all on the field, too. Also, I know Prince uh, Gideon Hutcherson, I believe, injured uh, one of his legs a little bit in the game. Hopefully, it's nothing uh, too serious, and he'll be back in the action, back in the lineup uh, next week. Brandon played hard, too. I'm trying to think of Brandon's last name, but uh, Brandon is playing, uh, playing hard, too. I believe he's from the uh, Jacksonville Beach area. So, so, again, the Southern Steam victorious, the Southern Steam 46. Jacksonville Spartans 22. The Southern Steam will play another home game, another league game, another home game, um, another home game uh, next week, Saturday night, seven o'clock at the Ice and Sports Complex uh, here in Jacksonville, near the Phillips and Emerson area, uh, near Phillips and Emerson. They'll play at the Ice and Sports Complex. Uh, so the uh, Southern Steam getting ready for game two. They're 1-0 and after their 46-22 to win over the Jacksonville Spartans. Also, um, we got a score um, message uh, messaged to us from David Martin. That's right. I'll spit it out here in a minute. Boy, I'm getting tongue-tied a little bit here. Um, again, Orlando, the Orlando Phantoms uh, defeated uh, the team from the Panhandle, the uh, Panhandle Crusaders. Uh, let's see, Orlando won the game. I had the score a minute ago. Let's see. Let me find that score between Orlando and the uh, Panhandle uh, Crusaders. 
Orlando won the game. Let me pull up that score. We'll pull the score right up in here and give it to you. I, Alex Nunnery, will be at Trinity Baptist College tomorrow night to see Trinity Baptist College baseball as the Eagles host the Edward Water College Tigers. Jamie Boban? Huh? Yeah, Bob again. We're here with Jamie Bob again. He's from New York. So, you're in your first year here, right? Yes, sir. So, how how is the process like coming to Bulls from a school like from New York? Uh, it was a pretty quick process. Uh, me and my family, uh, we decided around um, May to come here. And it was just a quick process. I know Bert Steifman. Yeah. Uh, he introduced me to the school. All right. So how is it like playing baseball in the Sunshine State other than the snowy state of New York? Uh, it's, I mean, it's great. We get to play every day uh, back at home. We, I have to play in the snow and all that cold. It's not that fun, but here it's just amazing. It's great right. to be here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here for a terrific college baseball game between the visiting Edward Water College Tigers and the Trinity Baptist Eagles. Ladies and gentlemen, on the hill for the Edward Water College Tigers is Alex Davila. On the hill tonight for the Trinity Baptist. Eagles is Paxson alumni Will Van Sickle, the head coach of the Tigers from Edward Waters here in Jacksonville, that's in his 10th season, Reginald Johnson, head coach of the Trinity Baptist College Eagles, and his 7th season. I also have to tell Bob Jones guy what to expect. John Copeland. Copeland, assisted by Jordan Broden. We're at the top of the sixth inning here at Trinity Baptist College. It's the Eagles four and the Edward Water Tigers. Will Vance five and, and a third innings for the TBC Eagles. 
Merrick. Ass. On the mound for the Eagles. We go to the bottom of the 11th inning here at Trinity Baptist College Baseball Field. The score, Edward Waters College Tigers from the north side of Jacksonville, 13. And the Trinity Baptist College Eagles, 4. Damani Thomas with a moonshot of a home run for the Tigers from the north side of Jacksonville, Edward Waters College. The Tigers, their colors, purple and orange. They play their home baseball games at J.P. Small Park, which was once the home of the Jacksonville Braves. The great Henry Aaron actually played at J.P. Small Park. The final score here at the Trinity Baptist College. Edward Waters, Tigers, 13, Trinity Baptist College. Six. Job deal. Echeverria. The winning pitcher for the Tigers from Edward Waters. Jason DiMartino. Got the save for the Edward Water College Tigers. Alright, we're, we're here with job deal Echeverria. A nice win for Edward Waters. He pitched four innings for the for the Tigers. How how did you pitch tonight as a pitcher? I just focused on throw strikes and we made the plays. That's it. All right, you're from what part of Puerto Rico are you from? I'm from Moca, Puerto Rico. All right, so that's where the great Yachty's from, correct? Yes, from Moca, Puerto Rico. All right, thank you. We're here with Damani Thomas from the Edward Water Tigers. He hails from Mount Dora. Tell us about that home run. Did you know it was out when you hit it, or? Yes, I knew it was, uh, it was out when I hit it off the bat. All right. Um, how did y'all play as a team for the Tigers? We played together as a team. We came out, wanted to dominate the other opponent. All right. Thank you. Okay, and then what do y'all have to work on to beat TBC again tomorrow? Or anything, really? Uh, Timely hits and make the routine plays. All right, thank you. All right, we're, we're here with... Marcus Judd from Edward Waters College. Where are you from, Marcus? Originally from New Jersey. Um, New Jersey? I live in Orlando now. All right. What high school in Orlando are you from? Rich Community High School. Okay. So, were you looking for that that pitch 
that that pitch that they hit the single on to hit the game winner? Yes, sir. Um, I've been getting first pitch curveballs all game. Um, I just gambled my first pitch fastball and I put a good swing on it. I was able to beat it, beat it out. All right. How does it feel to be a really good team in TBC? It feels good. Um, we always play well against TBC. It's always a good battle between the both of us. Um, and um, it, was, it was a good game today. It was a real good game. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. We're here with Coach Reginald Johnson II, head coach of Edward Waters. How did you all play tonight, Coach? Well, you know, the guys found a way to win, you know, so the pitchers did well. Uh, kind of slow start with the bats. However, later on, uh, they, they stayed in it. They stayed together, and we found a way to win. So, I'm, hey, going to sleep well and ready to rock and roll tomorrow. All right. How does it feel to, to win after being like a month or so off due to the COVID? Well, you know, it, it feels good to be back on the field. You know, the guys, the guys have done hard, done well, you know, getting healthy, staying healthy, most importantly. And, uh, you know, it's just good to get back out and have some fun. So it, it's a great, it's a great day. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're here with one of the best freshmen in the NCCAA. Is that right? And Noah Harder. Unfortunately, he took the loss, but eight strikeouts. He was throwing BBs out there. How did you think you pitched today? I think I pitched pretty well. Um, defensively, we could have made some better decisions. Um, but other than that, we played great. So, All right. What do you all have to work on other than the unfortunate nine errors to beat Edward Waters? Um, just the routine plays. That's, that's right. really it. How does it feel like playing really close to home? Uh, it feels good. It's um, it's nice being able to just commute instead of sleeping in a bed that you're not used to. So yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats to Fleming Island, Paxson, St. John's Country Day, Bowls. And Bartram Trail. And many other Jacksonville High School teams. On winning their district championships last night. They all will be in the playoffs. The high school baseball playoffs start Friday night. What a week Connor Moore has had. Three home runs in two games. Connor Moore, the FSU commit, had two home runs the other day and one home run last night. Luke. Shanahan had two home runs and seven RBIs on Tuesday night. Shanahan plays for St. John's Country Day School. He is a Pensacola State College commit. Congrats to the Mosley High School 
Mighty Dolphins from Lynn Haven, Florida. The eight-time state runner-up in Class 6A. And the 2002 state champions, the Mosley High Dolphins. Congrats to the Mosley High Dolphins on winning the Class 5A District 2 championship game last night versus Milton 8 to 1 the Mosley High Dolphins led by JU commit Ethan Campbell will play Escambia next Thursday at Mosley Hey, thank you so much. Um, we appreciate that from Alex Nunnery. Alex Nunnery, thank you for your latest reports and interviews from Alex Nunnery, uh, BigJReport.com contributor. He also does interviews and reports on the Teal Shirt Report podcast as well. Alex sent me a message, said that player's name I was looking for, Brandon, is Brandon Williams that plays for the Southern Steam now. And again, one more time, want to congratulate the Southern Steam on that big win. Southern Steam 46, Jacksonville Spartans 22 in elite indoor football league action. Had a lot of fun out there in uh, game one. Game two will be uh, uh, coming up this coming uh, Saturday night. to be another Saturday night of football at 7 o'clock at the Jacksonville Ice and Sports Complex near Phillips and Emerson, of course. I uh, want to thank David Martin again for calling in that score concerning uh, the APDFL. It's, I believe it's, what is it, the A? I always get those uh, letters uh, confused, but it's the APDFL, I believe. And the Orlando Phantoms defeated the Panhandle Crusaders. Orlando Phantoms 27, the Panhandle Crusaders 12. Uh, the final score. Earlier in this podcast, we did talk about all the, the Jaguars players that they drafted uh, throughout the entire draft through the three-day draft period uh, from Thursday night, April the 29th, Friday night, April the 30th, and then the final day of the draft uh, was back on uh, Saturday, May the 1st, and we talked about all the uh, players that the uh, Jaguars, of course, uh, drafted in the April 2021 draft, which actually ran April 29th uh, through uh, May 1st. So, again, we appreciate you uh, tuning in to our Teal Shirt Report podcast. Um, you can check us out anytime. You can also check previous episodes. I mean, this particular episode, I mean, we're running, uh, you know, we're running through a lot of episodes now. And, um, again, this is actually, I never really numbered, uh, this particular episode, but this is actually episode number 27 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, season two, episode 27, episode show 27 and season two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So you can go back and they're all chronicled. You can go back and listen to any of our previous episodes. We've been doing the podcast, the Teal Shirt Report podcast, since uh, mid-January of 2020. That was, I believe, our first episode was around. It was a promo, I believe, promoting what we were going to do on January the 15th of 2020. So thank you again uh, for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. want to thank all of our contributors, Mad Max, Georgia Bulldog Football Insider, 
Uh, hope to hear from Mad Max concerning that uh, second-round draft pick, Tyson Campbell, that the Jaguars drafted, that cornerback in the second round. Want to hear more about Tyson Campbell and get our Georgia Bulldog football insider's thoughts about cornerback uh, Tyson Campbell. And again, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for listening to the Teal uh, Shirt Report uh, podcast uh, right here, you know, right here on Anchor. And in fact, I will tell you this real quickly. We are on the biggies as far as the platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast. We're on Buzzsprout, Pod Paradise, uh, Himalayan that's Himalaya and many other of the uh, the big podcast platforms out there. Thank you for listening. The Teal Shirt Report podcast uh, has been produced by Alex Nunry and also by JC. Thank you for listening. My name is Scott. We'll talk to you again soon on another episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening from Jacksonville, Florida. My name is Scott. We'll see you next time.